Would you stand? Good morning. Would you stand with me? Holy Spirit, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. Your presence is so real this morning. And Lord, we're used to your presence, but we never want to take it for granted. We always want to honor it. We always want to recognize it. And Father, I take the hand of your lead pastor here. I thank God for him and his wife, the pastoral staff, for all of the pastoral staff, for the people, for the leadership, for the past of this church, for the present of this church, and for the future of this church. And Father, I humble myself before you today, and I pray, Lord, that you'll use me to minister to your people. These are your people. These are your blood-bought people. They are the sheep of your pasture, and I want to help them and bless them today. Let me only bring that which you would have me to bring, and we'll give you the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. And God's people shouted, Amen. 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 You can be seated. Praise God. You can be turning over to John chapter 21. I was just ready to kick back. I was getting blessed. I just kept saying, Daniel, preach. Daniel, preach. Pastor Daniel, preach. And uh, the presence of God is very real here. I, um, I want to get right into the Word of God in a minute, but when I came in, I don't know if Pastor David heard me while I was just standing next to him in worship, but there came an overwhelming cognitive recognition of the kindness of God to me. And I, uh, I'm still a little overwhelmed by that. It's my 50th year preaching the gospel this year. And God has been so kind to Karen and I. And all of a sudden that came up inside of me. Thy loving kindness is better than life. And uh, has anybody here just been ever overwhelmed at how kind God has been to you? But, Brother Mike, I've gone through some, and me too, I, I've gone through some things. Preachers don't quit preaching and then Scotty beam us up to a Holy Spirit Star Trek somewhere. We live in the nasty now and now just like everybody else. And I've walked through some things, but standing right there today, a new overwhelming came on me to where I thought, God, am I going to be able to preach today? And I'm overwhelmed with the kindness of God. How good he's been. But Brother Mike, look what you've gone through. But I wonder what I might have gone through if God hadn't intervened. I mean, it's one thing to give God thanks for how he delivered us. But I wonder how many things he didn't ever even let us get into. And we won't even know about that till we get to heaven. So I don't have any complaints on my 50th year of preaching. I'm not bitter. I'm not caustic. I'm in love with, oh, I wish somebody say, I'm in love with Jesus today. And I love him and thank God for him. Well, are you ready for the word today? 30,000 feet, the Lord began to deal with me on this scripture. I've preached from this chapter before, but I've never brought this message. It's uh, the first time I'm bringing it, and I'm bringing it to you. I don't believe the Lord gave it to me exclusively for you. 
I believe he gave it to me for me and you and other congregations where I'll be ministering. But I want to talk to you today about this subject, a question from Jesus. Do you love me? Big question. Do you love me? John 21, 15 through 17, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said unto him, Then feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And he said unto him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said unto him, Then feed my sheep. And he said unto him the third time, Simon, Son of Jonas, do you love me? Lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Do you love me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. You must remember that this conversation is between the resurrected Lord and the disciple that boasted more than any of the others how he would never deny the Lord, how he would never forsake him, how he would never let him down. And I, I tend to believe that he really meant all of those words because when the mob came to arrest Jesus in the garden, there was only one disciple that whipped out a sword and was ready to die right there defending Jesus. I think Peter in his heart had faith. I think Peter in his heart was strong. I think Peter in his heart was committed to Jesus. But Jesus didn't ask him about his faith. He didn't ask him about his strength. He didn't ask him about his commitment. He asked him this question, Peter. In fact, he didn't even call him Peter. He called him Simon because there was a schism between Jesus and Peter. He had renamed him Peter, but when he talks to him now, he talks to him as Simon, because Peter's action of denial had brought a gap between he and the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want any word I say, anything I do, any action that I take to bring a separation of any kind between me and Jesus. Jesus had not left him. He had not abandoned him. Peter was not going to hell. There had been restoration but there, it was still not Jesus and Peter. It was Jesus and Simon. And Jesus is trying to bridge the gap. How many know that the Lord most of the time wants to be close to us more than we want to be close to Him? And He says, Simon, I'm not questioning your courage. 
You've shown that. You'll jump out of the boat, walk on water. Nobody else will try that. You'll whip out a sword and be ready to die. I know you're courageous. I know you have faith. I just have a question. You really love me? And that must have hit Peter hard. In fact, God's definition, and this is fresh today, so can you walk with me through this? God's definition of love is different than our definition of love. And it's interesting that when Jesus looked at Peter, he used the word agape. He said, Peter, do you agape me? And the word agape is God's kind of love. It means a 100% giving of self kind of love. So Jesus looks at him and says, hey, Peter, hey, Simon, do you have God kind of love toward me? Do you have 100% giving of self love to me? And it's interesting because Peter answered and he used another word for love. He said, Lord, you know that I have a, 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 a philos love for you. And the Greek word philos means a strong, brotherly, friendly kind of love toward you. So God says, I'd really like for you to love me with all. And Peter says, you know, I love you with part. And Jesus, in his love for Peter, plays along with it. He says, okay, then, then uh, feed my lambs. Then he says again, Peter, do you have a 100% giving of self, all-in kind of love for me? And Peter again says, Lord, you know that I have a brotherly, friendly kind of love for you. And Jesus plays along. And he says, okay, feed, feed my sheep. And the third time he asks him, he says, Peter, do you even have a strong brotherly love for me? And the Bible said Peter was grieved because Jesus is even questioning whether he has a brotherly love for him. And Peter looks back and he says, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you like a brother. But that's not God's definition of love. And this message is not a message of rebuke to me or to you or to the church. But we live in an age where our love for God is constantly challenged. We sing about his love for us, and well, we should. But the question that Jesus asked Peter was, do you love me? And God's definition of love is this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy strength. And if you do that, then you'll be able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. How many know God's definition of love is not a casual love? It's not a part-time love. It's not a part of me love. It's all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength. 
is there anybody in the building that would like to move out of philos into agape and to be able to say to God, I'm all in with you. I'm all in with my heart. I'm all in with my mind. I'm all in with my strength. I'm all in with my time. I'm all in with my money. I'm all in with my effort. I'm all in with my energy. I don't love you for two hours on Sunday morning. I don't love you occasionally. I don't love you when I feel you. I don't love you when you bless me. But my heart is in love with you. My mind is in love with you. My strength is in love with you. My finances are in love with you. I'm in love with you. You are the lover of my soul. And I'm all in. I am hopelessly in love with you. I really believe that in the last days God is trying to stir the church to come to a place of that all-in kind of love. To love Him with everything we have. I have a different definition of success than a lot of people. Here's my definition of success. I got it from Jesus. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the Father. To love Him. So I want to talk to you about that. We okay with that today? Say amen. Jesus asked him a unique question. He said, do you love me more than these? And the word these can mean several things. Number one, Peter was trying to show uh, Jesus that he could pull the fish in by himself. He could, he could jump out of the boat early. It was almost like Peter hadn't got over the pride complex yet. I love you more than all these other people do. And Jesus said, do you really love me more than these? But there's another issue here. This word these means a lot of things. Because they had fished all night and caught nothing. And when Jesus came, he said, guys, throw your net out over on this side. And they caught over 150 fish. They had just succeeded under the anointing at doing something they couldn't do under their own power. And Jesus looks at them and says, you really like that success that my anointing gave you? You like the success? Yes. I got some news. I got a question. Do you love me more than the success I gave you? Because it's one thing. How many are ready for a little meat today? Can we take some meat? It's one thing for me to walk up to anybody here, for me to walk up to Pastor Daniel and say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But it's another thing for me to love him for him, not for somebody he knows that he might introduce me to. Come on. I've, worship, I've served the Lord for 50 years, and I've had people come up and shake my hand. Oh, I love you. I love you. That message changed my life. I love you. I love you. They don't love me. They don't even know me. What they love is what's in me. That's good preaching. They mean they love me. They think they love me. But if they saw me at other times, they might not love me. What they're really saying is, 
I love the anointing that came out of you, that God placed in you, that changed my life in this area, that helped me in this area. Friend, that's not the kind of love God wants us to have for Him. I don't love Him for the success He can give me. I love Him because He first loved me and gave His Son to be my substitute. To love Him because of Him, because of who He is. I don't love Karen, my wife, because what she can do for me, how she can help me, how she can serve me. Maybe she never cooks me another breakfast. We'll go out. I love her because she is the gift of the queen of my life that God sent to me. Next to the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift God ever gave me was named Karen Marie. And uh, she knows that. And I let her know that all of the time. Baby, I love you. You don't have to do anything to get me to love you. You don't have to change anything to get me to love you. I love you if you got brown hair, red hair, blonde hair. No hair pushes it, but I love you. I love you. I love you no matter what you're doing for me. I love you. My love for you is unconditional because of who you are. Not because of what you can do for me. Not because you satisfy me. Not because you help me. Not because you walk with me. I love you because of who you are. And can I just tell you today, I'm glad that the Lord enabled me to pray with presidents in my country. And I'm honored for that. And I'm grateful that over the 50 years, God has enabled me to go around the world and to preach the gospel and to reach people for Jesus. I'm grateful that I've been on Christian television and reached 170 countries at one time. I thank God for all of those things and the successes. I'm grateful for the relationships he's given me. I'm grateful that I get to pour my life into people like Pastor David. Oh, y'all excuse me today, but this is real to me. Or don't excuse me because you're going to get it anyway. <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity of traveling the world for him. I'm grateful for the successes we've had. I'm grateful for what he's planning in the future. But my friend, if I never preach another message, if I never write another book, if I never go another place, if I never mentor another protege, if this is the last sermon I ever preach, I'm here to tell you that there is something in the heart of this 65 young man that says to God, I love you, Lord, because of who you are. There is a relationship that you can have with Jesus that goes beyond religion. It goes beyond a Sunday morning event. It goes beyond the good times. It goes beyond the bad times. And it is forged in the blood of Jesus. And when you understand what he has done for you, you will love him with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. I think God is wanting, particularly in the Western church, for revival of that kind of love. He said, do you love me more than the anointed success? Do you love me more than the miracle, Peter? It's a miracle. Do you love me more than the miracles? I wonder if we do. Oh, the miracles are wonderful. I, 
and I celebrate the miracles. I was supposed to have severe headaches when I was 15 years old, started preaching. I started having severe headaches. I <laughs> wonder why. Anointing attracts attack. And uh, we went to neurologist, and mom and dad took me, and they didn't have the diagnostic abilities that we have now. And, uh, I mean, these severe headaches would come on me, and they were torturous, torturous, to the place where I thought I would pass out and really wished I would. It, was hurt, it would hurt so bad. And I remember we went to the neurologist, and they ran tests, and they said, we really don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> Many people have said that over the years. <laughs> they said, we really can't diagnose what's wrong with him. And uh, it's, it's neurological some way. And he's going to have to learn to live with this and to cope with this. And someday he may have one of these and it may kill him. And I'll never forget, my mom sat me down in the doctor's waiting room after we left his examination room. Before we left. And dad stood there with her, and mom sat me down in front of other people around. And she reached out, laid her hand on my head like this, and this is what she said. Son, you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And then she looked at me and said, did you hear me? I said, yes, ma'am. Everybody in the waiting room heard you. I heard you. She said, I want to tell you again, laid her hand down on my head. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I am now 65. I was about 15 or 16 then. I haven't had one of those headaches since over the decades of living. So I'm a miracle. I'm a walking miracle. We could all talk about all of the miracles. I love the miracle testimony we heard today. Wow. And I love it when a doctor says, the last time we saw cancer, it was off the shores of British Columbia, <laughs> headed out to sea. How many know we serve a miracle-working God? But baby, if I'd have had to learn to cope with those headaches, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying except sickness. You, you understand what I'm saying? But if those headaches would have continued, if I'd have had to preach around those headaches, I'm going to love him anyway. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't believe God for miracles. I'm a walking miracle. I believe God for miracles. But whatever he does or doesn't do doesn't change my love for him. Why? I love him more than the miracles. The provision, Peter, do, do you like all the fish? Do you like all the, all the provision? We've got the idea that, you know, they just caught fish so they could have a fish fry. I mean, there were only 11 disciples. One had left permanently. There were only 11 of them, plus Jesus. They caught over 150 fish. They didn't eat them all. What'd they do with them? They were fishermen. What'd they do? They knew where to sell them. Well, Brother Mike, those were holy fish. Yeah, they'll, they'll make money too. And they no doubt sold those fish. The next day, supernatural provision, supernatural blessing, supernatural prosperity. Do you like that, Peter? Yes. Do you love me more than that? 
Do you love me more than that? Or do you love me because of the blessing? Do you love me because of the anointing? Do you love me because of the miracles? Do you love me because of the success? No, I just love you, Lord, because you first loved me. Come on, somebody. John said here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our faith. I want to tell you something, friend. We need to fall in love with this God again to such a place where the siren songs of the world and the temptation of the flesh and all of the pick, pick, pick of some critical people don't move you at all because you're in love with God and you know He loves you and all of the rest of it fades away when you love Him more than these. Can I hear an amen? He even said, uh, do you love me more than these others? Are you ready for a hard one now? He said, uh, do you love me more than these others? I've already talked about the others loving Jesus, but he also said, do you love me more than other people, Peter? I say, Brother Mike, this is pretty strong stuff. It's written in red in John 21. It's the question of Jesus. Can I love him more than other people? Luke 14, 26. Buckle your seatbelts on this. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. I like John 3.16 better. Amen. Wow. So I need a, I need a little explanation of that one. Because I don't think, Lord, you surely want me to hate my mom and my dad and my wife and my brothers. You, I can't be your disciple if I don't hate them. I uh, need some explanation here. The word hate doesn't mean what we refer to as hate. He means this. There is a level of love for God that is superior to any other kind of love for people. It's different. No, we don't hate our mother and our wife and our children and our brothers in the sense that we think about hate. But here's what it means. If my wife says, if you serve God, I'm leaving, farewell. Do you love him that way? People overseas every day that accept Christ and come out of other religions, their mother and their father says, we disown you. And they serve God anyway. Do we love God with that kind of a level? That if all by, everybody forsakes us because of our love for God, we're not going to be moved. Come on, somebody. We're not going to be moved off of our love for God. 
say, Brother Mike, I mean, I've heard you teach and preach before, and you've, you've got a lot of other stuff that's really more enjoyable than this. <laughs> but this is what the Lord stirred in my spirit at 30,000 feet. Why? I don't think it's a rebuke to us at all. I think what he's saying is what Pastor Daniel said, and during the worship was said, if you'll draw close to me, if you'll really be in love with me, if you'll love me more than my miracles, if you'll love me more than my manifestations, if you'll love me more than my provision, if you'll love me more than even other people, if you'll draw close to me with a pure heart and sincere love, I will draw close to you. The greatest miracles the church has ever seen will not be in a revelation of faith, and I'm a faith preacher. It will not be in a revelation of hope, and I'm a hope preacher. But there abideth faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And I decree and declare that if the church really falls in love with Jesus, His presence will draw so close to us that we'll see miracles when we even haven't asked for the miracles. Out of a love relationship with me, with Him. The love we have for God's going to be on a higher level. There are dangers of becoming loveless. The Bible talks about it. Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. He's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. And he says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you're fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or I'll come unto you quickly. I'll remove your candlestick out of its place, except you repent. In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said, In the last days, because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. It's dangerous to lose our love for God. I'm a preacher's kid. PK. The first Sunday after I was born, I was in church. I remember that service well. (laughs) Not really. But I was there. I was there. I think that mom told me mom just went to be with Jesus on January 31st this year. And uh, I think mom told me, she said, really, your first sermon wasn't when you were 15. It was when you were about six and said, you stood up after service and got the microphone before we saw what you were doing and stood up on the stage and said, everybody, sit down. I'm going to preach about Jonah and the ark. (laughs) I was having interpretation nobody else had had. (laughs) But Mama kept me in church, and I, I can remember being on pallets you know, and, and people dancing before the Lord all around me and uh, never got stepped on. If you got stepped on, that wasn't God. <laughs> so I've been in this thing a while, and can I just tell you that all of the rest of it doesn't amount to much compared to your love for Jesus. The greatest question he's asking the church 
Are you with me today? Do you love me? Not what you can do for me. Not how much money you can give me. He isn't Jehovah needy. He is Jehovah Jireh. Giving my money to God isn't because he needs it. It's because I honor him with the money. It's an honor issue. And the real question is, do you love me? Notice what he said in Revelation to the Ephesian church. He didn't say you have lost your first love. He said you have left your first love. I don't think you fall in love with Jesus and fall out of love with Jesus. I don't know that you fall in love with your wife or your husband and fall out. I think love is a decision more than a fall. And if you start it falling, you may fall farther. There's more than hormonal attraction to love. That will wear off eventually. When you see curlers as big as beer barrels. (laughs) Avocado mask. (laughs) When the man that was your Don Juan grinds his teeth and sounds like a steel chainsaw all night long. Yeah. <laughs> Karen took Karen woke me up the other night and shook me in. I said, why? I said, was I preaching again? I preach in my sleep. People sleep when I preach, so I'm gonna preach what I Good for the goose, good for the gander. I said, was I preaching again? She said, some of your best sermons. You have preached in your sleep. I said, dear Lord, have a recorder by the bed. Record the thing. I said, was I preaching again? She said, no. I said, what's wrong? She said, you sound not like a chainsaw, but like a sawmill. She said, I have never... See, I've been married to you all these decades, and I have never heard anything like the height you have reached tonight. (laughs) Said, the dog is under the bed. (laughs) Wake up so I can go to sleep. All of that stuff changes in your life. You go through ups and downs. And what you thought, you know, if, if... <laughs> if 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 the engagement is a dream, the marriage is the wake up call. <laughs> and I'm in love with my wife, but she's in love with me. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I just I see I see elbows going now. And it's not always oh glory glory in a marriage. And it's not always glory, glory in our relationship with Jesus. You walk through some tough times. You walk through some times where you're going testing. One, two, three. Are you still there? Come on. Brother Mike, I've never done that. Well, we'll ask the Lord to give you an appointment soon. (laughs) Because everyone should experience that. Do you love me? Do you have an all-in love for me? 
Or do you just have a brotherly love for me? What, 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 what's, what's, the, what's the benefits of loving God? Y'all still with me? We okay? The Bible says there's internal peace and you'll be free from offense if you'll love the Lord and His Word. It says in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love your law or your word, and nothing shall offend them. How many would like to get to a place in your life where nobody could offend you? I mean before you die. <laughs> where nobody can offend you. How do you get there? You love the Lord and you love His word. Great peace have they that love your word, your law, and nothing shall offend them. I'm too much in love. When I'm with Karen, I'm in love with my, my queen. Well, I don't like the way you comb your hair. She does. I'm not offended because you don't like my hair. She loves it. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I don't like this one. I'm sorry you don't, but just she thinks I'm why she old. She's crazy over me. Are we are we streaming this or anything? Doggone it. I'm making some real points today. <laughs> no, you don't have to. No, it's fine. It's fine. He's actually getting ready to do it now. <laughs> Nothing shall offend you when you're in love with Jesus. The only time I've ever been mortally offended by the acts of people. And can we be, uh, can we be real straight about this? Salvation does not purge all of the meanness out of a believer all at once. That was prophetic. Say that again. <laughs> Salvation doesn't purge all the me. There are some mean folk going to heaven. Brother Mike, I don't believe that. You might be one of them. <laughs> Come on. Some of the meanest people you'll ever meet in your life won't be in prison. They'll be in church. They'll say little snide comments. Come on, don't act like you don't have them in Canada. We've sent a few north. You've got them up here too. And, you've got, and you can get offended so easily. Everybody likes to make snide remarks. Not everybody, but a lot of people like to make snide remarks. I didn't like the worship today. Well, that could be very offensive to a worship leader. Unless the worship leader knows they weren't singing to them anyway, so it doesn't matter. We're singing to Jesus. Well, Pastor David preached a little long, and Daniel, Pastor Daniel, he just preaches every time he gets up there. He just, every time he gets up there, <laughs> that never happens here. <laughs> Every time he gets up, did you see that today? He got so inspired, he was preaching, and Pastor David said, read the thing, read the, <laughs> read, read that. <laughs> and that could be offensive. Did, did you see the person in front of me, how they're dressed today? <laughs> Come on, somebody. 
And there's all kinds of ways we can get offended, even in the body of Christ. But when you're so madly in love with Jesus, you know, I mean, we're going to love people anyway. And if they like what we do, we're going to love them. And if they don't like what we do, we're going to love them. And why? Because I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with his word. And nothing you can do can offend me. I'm free of offense. Oh, anybody want to live that way? Oh, i got to pick up the pace here. Or somebody might say, did he preach too long? That wouldn't offend me, though, because I'm in love with Jesus. Anyway, <laughs> there's provision for those that love the Lord. Proverbs 8, 21. I will cause those that love me to inherit substance. Hear that. I will cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasure. God says, I'll work things together for your good if you love me. Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for good. To who? To them that love the Lord. And who are the called according to his purpose? There's favor from God on the earth when you love the Lord. 2 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, or 1 Corinthians, right? I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We think that's all in heaven, but the context there isn't in heaven. It's on the earth. How many know if you'll be in love with Jesus, he'll prepare some things for you in your future? Now, I'm going to close here in a minute, but I want you to receive this. And I've made it in the first person. So I'll preach it to me, and you all can hear it and buy into it or not. Here's what I believe. Because I love God, I love his word. I don't think it's possible for me to love God with all of my heart and not love his word. Psalm 119, 127, therefore I love your commandments, your word, above gold, yea, above fine gold. Have you ever seen the the video that was out a few years ago of Chinese Christians the first time they got Bibles given to them that were smuggled in. Anybody here seen that video? If you haven't seen it, you ought to Google it. It's probably still online. You can find it somewhere. And they're all in a room. They've never had their own Bible. In fact, they've had Bibles and they've torn books out of the Bible and passed them around, stapled them together, passed them around until the ink is wearing off the pages. And a man smuggled in Bibles, walked into this room. They videoed it. He opens suitcases and begins to hand out Bibles. And they take these paperback Bibles, if I remember they were paperback, and hug them to their chest and weep and cry and raise their hands to the Lord and praise and celebrate. But walk through the Walmart parking lot. And see how many Bibles you can count in the Western church laying on the dashboard of the car all week. So we'll have it ready to take to church the next Sunday. Do we really love him? Well, Brother Mike, I don't understand the Bible. You understand all the policy at work. You understand hockey. Americans don't. No, we do really, but we understand what we want to understand. Oh, 
Is anybody here in my heart? I'm not here to pound on you. I'm here to talk to me. Do I love him enough to soak myself in his word? It's the only time I'm going to open the Bible when I've got to get a new message so I can preach. Or am I going to love his word? Am I going to graze in his word? Am I going to rejoice in his word? Come on, somebody. Oh, I love his word. Because I love God, I love his house. If I love God, I love his house. Psalm 26, 8, Lord, I've loved the habitation of your house and the place where your honor dwells. Psalms 84, 10, seems like we sang about it. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Do we love his house? The Bible says, neglect not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. The much more as we see the day approaching. Somebody talked to me the other day and they said, well, you know, people don't have the attention span for church anymore. I said, really? They binge watch Netflix for eight hours. They play golf for four hours. They hunt all day, men in the woods and women in the malls. <laughs> we all hunt, just different game in different places. Where we spend our time is where we love. Because I love God, I love to obey His instructions. Amen? Say, Brother Mike, don't you have a shouting message? Well, I can change the style. Ah, because I love God. I obey His instructions. Same stuff. Do we really love His instructions? Here's what Jesus says. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then He said, and my commandments won't be grievous to you. In other words, what I tell you to do, you'll love to do. You'll love to do it. Well, if I have to do it, Lord, I will. No. If you love him, you love to do what he says. You love his commandments. It's not a torture. Because I love him, I hate what he hates. Oh, Brother Mike, God doesn't hate anything. Oh, yeah. He hates a lot of things. He hates sin. There are seven things in the Word of God it talks about he hates. If I'm really in love with God, how many know if I'm really in love with God, I'm not wishing I could go out and commit adultery? I'm not wanting to see how close I can get to sin. See, but Brother Mike, we live in a day of grace. I know. And grace teaches us to deny ungodliness according to the Word of God. It doesn't excuse it. It teaches us to deny it. I'm not looking for a way I can get so close to what He doesn't want me to do. I'm looking for a way to get close to Him and what He wants me to do. If I love God, I love His house. I love His Word. I love His instructions. You know what I've found out? If I love God, I love to give to God. I love to give. 
I'm always amused at people with the argument over the tithe. And they say, the tithe is the law, and the law has passed away. So I don't have to tithe. But I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my might, and all my strength, but not with 10% of my income. Really? Interesting. What I love, I love to give to. Nobody does this to me to make me buy stuff for Karen. You buy her something. Because I love her. We were at a place the other day and there was a Native American that made turquoise jewelry, sterling silver and beautiful turquoise. She loves turquoise. And she's looking at it. And I said, baby, you like this? And it was a big one, big, big green stone, unusual, surrounded by silver. And I said, you like this? And she said, it's nice. And the man said, why, why aren't you answering his question? She said, because I know him. And he said, what do you mean? She said, if I say I like it, he'll buy it. <laughs> and so I just say, it's nice. Because she loves me. <laughs> I was, it was the most expensive. And she said, she said, it's nice. I said, but do you really like it? It looked good on somebody. But do you like it? It's really great craftsmanship. And as we walked out, I said, baby, did you like it or not? She said, I'll tell you when we get to the car. Because she knew. Whatever, whatever you love, you don't mind to give to. I love to buy stuff for Karen. Baby, if you're watching, do you like it? Whatever you want, because you're my baby. I love you. You stayed with me when you didn't have to. You walked with me through difficult times. You never walked away, never abandoned. And so the sky's not the limit for you. And oh, incidentally, my Jesus stayed with me when he didn't have to. He walked with me through difficult times. So 10% of my income isn't big to me because I've given him 100% of my life. Y'all have Mike Smalley here recently. I'm about to quit, but just hang on. Y'all have Mike Smalley here recently. You remember Dr. Smalley? Great guy. Wonderful preacher. Uh, he was my student in the 1980s where he learned to preach. He's a great preacher. And Dr. Smalley was at a church, and they passed the tithe, you know, around. They were accepting, receiving the tithe. They were going to receive an offering for his ministry later. And uh, he, didn't have, he didn't have cash with him, and so he didn't put anything in. And he always usually will put something in the offering. I always put something in tithe and offering, you know, at whatever church I'm in. And a lady came to him afterwards and said, I noticed that you didn't put anything in the church's offering. And I love what Dr. Smalley said. He said, you don't have an offering plate big enough for me to get in. She said, what do you mean? He said, I've given my whole life to the kingdom of God. You understand, this isn't about money. So, Brother Mike, you're going, you're getting ready to receive an offering. I'm not going to receive an offering at all. 
This isn't about me. This is about who we love. I said, this is about who we love. I don't know about you in Canada, but in the United States, Uncle Sam expects more than 10% from me. And my father's done more for me than my uncle. And so I love him and don't mind to give to him. I'll give you one more, and then I want to bring it to conclusion. I know I didn't preach a, a barn burner today. I came in to talk to family, not because I don't think you love the Lord, not because I want to rebuke you, not because the pulpit's sinking. (laughs) Fifty years, I've never had that experience. But that's as low as it'll go. Hallelujah. (laughs) So I don't think the Lord gave me this that 30,000 feet to rebuke you or to rebuke me. I have loved my time with you. I am covenanted to you. I will always be covenanted with you. If I never see you again in this way, I will always be covenanted with you. When I make covenant, I never break covenant. It's eternal as far as I'm concerned. Do you know why I've decided? Because I love God, I love His people. I love His people. I don't like them all the time. You don't? No. I don't like me all the time. Nobody said amen. I'm really loved here. Really loved here. Praise God. Thank you so much. But I've decided I'm going to love God's people. Even when they rub me the wrong way. Even when they do stuff that shouldn't be done. Come on, somebody. I'm going to love God's people. Why? Because the Word of God says this. How can you say you love God whom you've not seen? when you don't even love your brother whom you have seen. But Brother Mike, I know something about my brothers and sisters. They're not all that they ought to be. God knows some things about you. <laughs> and none of us have made it yet. And we're all still growing to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and we're all dependent on grace and we all need mercy and we all rub each other every once in a while the wrong way because the head of the church is a carpenter and he uses sandpaper regularly. But Brother Mike, there's just some people in this church that rub me the wrong way. It may be because you're like the story of the little boy and the cat. And the little boy was rubbing the cat from the tail to the head. And you don't, you know, and the cat was going, wow. I thought it was pretty good. He's rubbing the cat from the tail to the head. And the cat is, wow, wow. He's mad. And his mom says, you are rubbing that cat. The wrong way. And the little boy said, 
if the cat don't like it, the cat can turn around. <laughs> now that's love. The love is this way. There's some people in the body that's rubbing me the wrong way. You might just need to turn around. Maybe they're wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Who cares? We're in love with Jesus. I said, who cares? We're in love with Jesus. We're in love with Jesus. We that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the love of Christ. Friend, don't abandon one another. Don't walk away from one another. Don't get pushed uh, and, and offended at one another easily. Love one another. It's the commandment of God. I asked the Lord how he wanted me to finish this message. Have you received anything today? I didn't really come in here to inspire today or to preach some kind of a barn burner. I came in here to tell you this. I believe the next great outpouring of the Holy Spirit will come upon communities that are in love with God and that are in love with His Word and that are in love with His presence. And that are in love with one another. My heart, I asked the Lord, I said, uh, how do you want me to finish the message? And he said, tell the people about my prototype of love. And I said, what's that? He said, I would never ask the people to do something I haven't done. I said, explain what you mean, Lord. And he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy strength. And he said, tell the people that in the predeterminate counsels of God before the beginning of the world, that I love them with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And I didn't hold back my best because my son was slain before the foundation of the world. I made up my mind that I wouldn't give 10% of myself, but I'd give my only begotten son. And he said, that's the prototype of love. There we go. Okay, I'm going to and while I was sitting there today, it's kind of an unusual message maybe, but it's what the Lord laid on my heart for you. And the Lord just has this question for us. You really love me? Do you really have an agape love for me? Or do you just love my manifestations? Do you just love my provision? I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not just asking you, I'm asking me. After 50 years... Do you love me? Because the only reason that God created man and woman, everybody sees through their own prism. If you're a worshiper, and we all should be worshipers, 
But if your emphasis is worship and you ask somebody, <laughs> that's their emphasis. Why did God create man? Well, he created man to worship. Well, he had worship before he created us. I know we have a higher level than the angels, but he had some worship before he made us. And we ought to be worshipers too. If you ask spiritual warriors, why did he create man? So we could fight his battles. You really think he needed us on that? He could probably win on his own. You ask an intercessor, why did he create man so we could intercede? If he hadn't created us, there'd be no need for intercession. I'll submit to you why I think God created humans. Because he wanted somebody made in his image that had a choice that could choose to love him. Because the angels couldn't choose it. They weren't made in his image. Because the essence of love says, will somebody love me back? Will somebody love me in the way I love them? And so the Lord sent me by. I'm sorry if I've gone long. I'm, that's a lie. I'm not really. Forgive me for that, Lord. Just trying to be loving. So I just stopped by today. Before I go on, I've got an incredibly busy schedule this year, busiest in my life, I think. Do you really love me? That's what he's asking. You really love me? I'm not talking about me. I'm saying the Lord's asking, you really, you really love me? You love what I can do, but do you really love me? You really love me with your heart? Your mind, your soul, your strength, your energy, your thoughts, your finance. Do you really love me? And while I was sitting there or standing during worship, an old song came into my mind. I hadn't thought of it for a long time. And it's not just because I've been in it 50 years and I'm, he's getting a little emotional. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not having a breakdown. I'm in love with Jesus more than I've ever been in my life. I don't know if anybody else feels what I feel right now, but I have a love for him. He's the most unusual, faithful, kind, so kind person I've ever met. And I thought of this song. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart overflows. And the longer I serve him. Pastor David, you think you love him now. But you'll find out. And you do. But you'll find out in a few years how much you can really love him. The longer I serve him, 
the sweeter he grows. Since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, every day my heart grows closer. And the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. It's that way with me. I want it to be that way with you. I'm not holding myself up as the supreme example. There have been times I've doubted it. I regret every one of those times because he's been faithful. There have been times that no doubt my love wasn't all that it should have been for him compared to his love for me. But he never stopped loving. There have been times when people that I thought would never leave walked out of my life. But when other people walked out, he walked in. So the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. There is a place you can have in God where if Tomorrow, I didn't have my home. I didn't have my house. My truck was gone. God forbid if the Lord chose to take Karen home before I go. I told her that's forbidden. But if the Lord overrode me on that, and if I was left out here to go get on the plane... fly to the next place with no home to go home to, I'm still going to get on the plane because he's enough. I said he's enough. He by himself is enough for me. I appreciate the home. I appreciate the truck. I appreciate the relationships. But there comes a time in our lives when he's enough. And I hope you'll receive me today in the heart that I came with because I didn't come to rebuke you. I came to examine ourselves together. Because Jude said, keep yourself in the love of God. There's no doubt about his love for me. The question is, do you love me more than these? And I want to be able to say, Lord, I love you more than all of these. All the other, it's only fleeting. But what we have together can never be replaced. So a papa came by today that's been through a few things. And I just came by to help you look at yourself a little bit, me too, and to have a love checkup today. 
tell you one more little thing. When you love God, you love all of His gifts. Every one of them. You love the gifts that are in one another. You love the gifts that God has given the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You love the gifts that minister to one another over coffee. If you love God, you love everything He's given. And so I'm through today. And I want to pray over you in a minute. I could have preached messages that would have been more inspirational. But if I had, I'd have been out of the will of God. And the Lord said, I want you to go to Solid Rock today and ask Him this question. Do you love me? Do you really love me? Think of it. Raise hands and come on, let's just give him praise. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Out of the abundance of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart. Oh, I am my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. Oh, how I love you, Lord. Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I love you. How I adore you. Oh, I give you praise. I give you glory. You are the lover of my soul. You are the lover of my soul. You are the lover of my soul. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hands or have an altar call like that. I'm going to do something different. I didn't know I was going to do it, but I want, I want the pastoral staff to come up, join me on the platform. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Wow. I'm going to turn it to whoever in a minute. Do I turn to Pastor Daniel in a minute? But the Lord's instructing me to do something right now. And I think it's good for all of us. I want every believer that is willing to really evaluate for the next seven days in the presence of God in your secret place, wherever that is, wherever you go to get with God, for the next seven days, I want you to evaluate this question. Do I love his house? Do I love his word? Do I love his gifts? Do I love to give to him? Do I love his commandments? Do I love him? with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. And if somehow we are convicted in one of those areas that we'd say, God, cleanse me of that, wash me of that, and I want to love you with every fiber in my being. Can I hear an amen? And if you'd say, Brother Mike, I mean it. I'm serious about this. And the Lord's watching this. Brother Mike, 
for the next seven days, I'm willing to get alone with God. It doesn't take hours. It may be 15 minutes, but for the next seven days, with one purpose, Lord, if there's something about my love relationship with you that isn't right, show me, and I'll correct it. How many people would have, a, have that kind of commitment today? And say, Brother Mike, for the next seven days, the next seven days, if you will, just raise your hand to heaven. For the next seven days, I'll ask the Lord. I'll ask the Lord. Father, you see our hands. You see our commitment. Father, I pray that anything in us that doesn't love one another, that doesn't love you, that doesn't love your house, that doesn't love your word, that doesn't love your commandments, anything in us that is unloving, I pray that it'll change and that we'll submit to you in the name of Jesus. God's people said amen. Give me a little more on my microphone, please. Before I turn it to Pastor Daniel, I don't, I don't feel like calling people to the altar today. I feel like it, it was a decision for a seven-day altar call. A real evaluation. I think if we would do that for seven days and hear the voice of God and obey whatever He tells us, how many can tell I'm using inclusive pronouns, us, including me, to correct? I think we can move to a whole new level in God. Can I hear an amen? A whole new level. I believe 2018 we can see more cancers going offshore. I believe 2018, we could see people coming in and being born again every week. I believe in 2018, we can see greater things than we've ever dreamed of. I believe finances can move sky high. I believe there'll be a time when you can be building churches like it's been prophesied all around the world and medical clinics and helping the poor. I believe that the greatest days for solid rock is still ahead of us if we'll love the Lord with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. And the Lord instructed me to do one more thing. And if you want to judge me about this, it's okay uh, for you to go ahead. It won't offend me because I'm in love with Jesus. But I want to, I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I want you to know, those of you that are standing up here as gifts to us, that we highly respect and love you. We understand that you're men and women and not supernatural creatures. We understand that, and we are willing to allow you to be human. And it's okay, because we don't expect you to fly yet. It's all right to be human. But I'm speaking for me as a father and as an apostle because in the last several years I've moved into that calling in a way I've never thought I would and I didn't ask for it. But ladies and gentlemen, as flawed as all of us gifts in five-fold ministry are, they are 
gifts of God to you. And if you love God, love His gifts. Allow them to be human. I'm amazed I go into churches and, and see Twitter posts and Facebook posts publicly criticizing men and women of God in those churches that are doing the very best they can do and pouring out their lives. May it never be so here. I said, may it never be so here. You really wouldn't want us to post everything we hear in counseling sessions. Amen? Probably wouldn't want that to be on Twitter or Facebook. And the Lord just told me before I turned it to Pastor Daniel, and I know this is very different what I've done today, but I sense the Lord smiling at me today, and that's all that matters with me. I like your smiles too, but your gifts of God to us. Son, you wondered about me at first. You thought, who is this wild man from America? But we're knit together. When I sat with you and had breakfast the other day, or really just drinks, water and orange juice. There was, there's a bond between us, and I'm here for you and your family until my breath goes. If you don't have my cell phone, I'll give it to you. Call me anytime you want. Son, I respect you as a gift from God to us. Your books will be more profound than you know. Do not allow the words of critics to capture your attention. They said of Jesus he was born of fornication. They haven't accused you of that. They said that he was demon-possessed. Do not allow the words of the naysayers to make you doubt your calling. You are a gift of God to us. And we recognize it as such. If your ministry would have been over, the Lord would have taken you home. But it's not. And healing flows from your hands. Healing flows from your hands. Even as my wife, lately healing has started flowing from her hands like never before. That literally before she prays before people, that her hands become red hot with the glory of God. And what has been spoken over you, we recognize is true. Pastor Daniel, every word that's been spoken by the Word of God is verifiable and authentic and real and shall come to pass. And I love what that man of God told you. The door's open. What do you like? You know what I'm talking about. What do you like? What is it? And God's going to expand that. He's going to expand that. And Brenda... They that are for you are more than they that are against you. And there's healing. And the sackcloth has been taken off of you. Now, the Lord said to do this. I'm just brushing off the last of the ashes and the sackcloth. 
And all that season now is over. And in the name of Jesus, we're going forward. And we recognize you as a gift of God. And before I turn it to Pastor Daniel, I want to say this to you. I recognize all of you as gifts of God to my life. I cherish you. I get around a lot of preachers when they get older. And all they can do is remember the people that did them wrong. And I'd be a liar if I'd say I've forgotten them all. I remember some of them, Judas and so forth, but that's okay. But I cherish you, your gifts to us. Your gifts to us. We love you. We care about you. We want the best for you. When we're harsh, it's not because we're mean to you or mad. It's because we want the best. If we preach truth, it's because we want the best for you. And we love you. Father, I pray, before I hand the mic to Pastor Daniel, that a new love for you will come in this church. Father, I pray an apostolic blessing. Come on, grab a hold of what I'm saying right now. An apostolic blessing on this body of believers. I pray we will so fall in love with Jesus in the next seven days that there will be a marked difference to all who see us. We'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in the name of Jesus. Say this out loud with me. My Father, I love you with everything that is within me. I love you with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. The longer I serve you, the sweeter you grow. I give you my love now and forever. Amen. I'll give the Lord praise in the house.